0: Today is the last week of spiritual boot camp. This is week seven, and we've looked at all the different weapons that God says he has available to us as the armor of God. And many people, when they're reading that, end at verse 17, and that verse is the one that talks about, you know, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And they stop there. But really, we want to go on and see that last important weapon that God has for us, and that is prayer. Because when we're involved in spiritual warfare, we know prayer is really a huge deal. So let's read verses 18 to 20 in Ephesians 6. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So Paul here is talking about that important last piece of our spiritual armor, that of prayer. And prayer, actually, if you look at armies throughout history, Uh, Prayer is an an important part of a lot of those uh, armies as well. Looking at World War II, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what I did some research. I'm part of the Rotary Club, and on Veterans Day, they had about the prayer of Patton. And so I did some research on that to find out a little more about it because I thought it was really great. Patton isn't a guy that I would have thought of as being a big guy on prayer. But um, on December 16th in 1944, there was the largest battle in American history, the Battle of the Bulge, and it began on that day. And there was a a uh, last-ditch effort by Hitler, a desperate attempt to try and take victory away from the obvious defeat that was starting to happen for him. And the Germans were relying on the bad weather um, with the snow and the the bad weather that came with that to neutralize the Allied air power. They weren't able to see very well, and it it was working for a time. But then Patton prayed, and he asked the soldiers to pray for the bad uh, weather to go away and for them to have this window of opportunity of better weather. And as he was talking to the chaplain, the chaplain actually later wrote down All that the the, uh, general told him and shared it in this uh, book that he wrote. And he said that General Patton said, Chaplain, I'm a strong believer in prayer. There are three ways that men get what they want. By planning, by working, and by praying. And any great military operation takes careful planning or thinking. Then you must have well-trained troops to carry it out. That's working. But between the plan and the operation, there is always an unknown. The unknown spells defeat or victory, success or failure. It is the reaction of the actors to the ordeal when it actually comes. Some people call that getting the brakes. I call it God. God has his part or margin in everything. That's where prayer comes in. Up till now, in the third army, God has been very good to us. We have never retreated. We have suffered no defeats, no famine, no epidemics. This is because a lot of people back home are praying for us. We were successful in Africa, in Sicily, and in Italy, simply because people prayed. So he asked all the soldiers to pray, and Patton himself went to the chapel in Luxembourg City on December 23rd, and the whole army was asked to pray also, and they prayed for a break in the weather. And then enough fair weather broke to allow those allied bombers to aid General Patton and his third army to drive those men of of, uh, Hitler's army back. And the courageous men of the 101st Airborne had an epic stand at Bastogne. And there was a turning point in that battle. And fighting continued until January 25th with the German uh, counterattack decisively defeated. And General Patton said that was because of prayer. But when you look at other famous generals in history, you see that a lot of these people believe in the power of prayer. I mean, think of some of the famous paintings you've seen of these people, like General Washington, for example, on his knees in prayer before one of the battles. Uh, It's not just an ancient practice. This has continued throughout history up till the present day. People pray when they're in battle. David, of course, prayed in battle too, and he said in Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that's why Paul says in Ephesians that prayer is that important piece of our spiritual armor, of our armor of God. And so to use this armor, what do we need to do? Well, the first thing Paul tells us he's, he says, pray in the spirit. See, when we pray, we want to make sure that we're praying using the leading of the Holy Spirit. We, we can pray our heart's desires. We can pray what we are, are seeking God for. But really powerful prayers, when we're praying about those really tough decisions, we need to have that power of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us because that helps us pray God's will into our situations. Romans eight twenty six and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So it tells us here that the Spirit of God is making intercession for us. He's he's helping us bring our requests to God. He prays with us and on our behalf before the throne of God. So we need to rely on the power of God to pray. The battle's not ours, but the Lord's. But we are faithful warriors, and we pray that God's will would be done. The second thing besides praying in the Spirit is to pray on all occasions. And the word for occasion here is kairos. And you've probably heard that word before about a kairos season. And uh, that means, kairos in the Greek, uh, that Greek means time as an opportunity. So it's derived from a word that means the head of all things coming to a head, taking full advantage of this suitable time, this right moment, this favorable moment. So Paul is saying we need to pray at the opportune time, at all those right moments, praying at every season of our lives, those kairos times, those times that are opportune, those times when things are coming to a head, those times when there are favorable times. But even when we're in desperate times, at all times, we need to pray. And then third, Paul says, we need to pray all kinds of prayers. And Paul says at the beginning of this, it says, uh, pray all prayer and petition. But the, other, the word there is really supplication. It means a uh, petition. Another place that's used in Philippians is uh, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so, that word, petition or supplication, depending on what version you're reading in, that word means uh, to be in want or to be in lack. The root of that word. So it's like I'm coming to God. I'm praying for this need, this lack I have. I have this heartfelt petition arising out of some deep personal need. And so it ultimately goes back to that word that means something that is a felt need that is personal and urgent. So. Paul is saying here, when you have these urgent personal needs, when there's a situation that you need help, that you need something, you come to God and he's saying, in every situation, by prayer and that petition before God, asking him to grant you favor, to grant your request, to, to intervene in your situation. With thanksgiving, you present your request to God. Supplication, presenting that request, it's like the widow Who never gave up asking for help Uh, she went before that unrighteous judge time and time and time again till her request was granted it's also like the four friends who come and lower their friend before Jesus asking him to heal their friend it's like Daniel daily in his prayer room coming before God seeking God and seeking his will it's like him in the the lion's den when there's a a desperate situation asking for god to intervene when we come before god and ask for his intervention for his guidance for his help we seek him we come and present our request to him so what are some kinds of prayer if he's saying pray all kinds of prayer pray all kinds of prayer at all times one is like the example of the prayer that jesus told his disciples to pray in matthew 6 Verses nine through thirteen. He said, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one." And the pattern He's showing them there is praying for God's will to be done in our lives, praying that in all of our situations that that His will is done on earth just as it is in heaven and praying for our needs to be taken care of the daily things that we need we're praying to god and ask him to supply them and praying for forgiveness of our sin and deliverance from satan and committing our way to god so that's a form of a prayer that he gave his disciples then there's also the gethsemane prayer of jesus when he came before the father before his crucifixion in matthew twenty-six thirty-nine, it says going a little farther Jesus fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So right before his crucifixion, he's praying fervently before God, and he's saying... Father, if you can take this away, please do. He's saying, you know, I don't really want to go through this. I know what's ahead of me, and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be torturous. Lord, if you can do it any other way. He's saying, God, I don't really want to do this. But then he says, but God, Father, your will not my will and so he's saying you know god i'm turning it over to you whatever you want me to go through i'm going to go through it because i know you're going to get me through it and we can pray this way too in difficult times you can say you know god right now i'm in this tough time and i don't really want to go through this i don't really like what i'm seeing here but father if this is your will for me i know you're going to get me through not my will lord but yours then we have an example of, of how Paul told us to pray in this passage. He said, praying for all the Lord's people. In Ephesians 6, 18 to 19, he's, he's saying, you know, be alert. Be alert. You need to be aware of what's going on. You need to keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And pray also for me. So the example here that Paul is saying is not just about yourself, not just about your own needs, but look around you and pray for the needs of the people in the body of Christ. Pray for the needs of people you see around who need to come to the Lord. Pray that there would be a spreading of the gospel and that um, for the followers of Jesus Christ, that they would be bold and fearless. We need to keep each other in our prayers because we're in this battle together, aren't we? And one of the most effective ways that we can support each other is to, and to care for each other is to actually pray for each other. And then another example of all kinds of prayer would be healing prayers. In James 5, 13 to 16, it's talking about if someone is sick and needs prayer, and he says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So how many of you have been in a situation before where you've needed prayer and you requested someone to pray for you? And have you been healed? Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of examples here with us that we could share with each other of how God has healed us and God has used us to pray for other people. And and we ourselves receiving prayer have been healed. So there's opportunity within the body of Christ to pray for each other to be healed. Uh, Prayer is a dialogue with God. Prayer is just talking with God. It's not some big, you know hard-to-do thing where we've got to take uh, several courses in college and in theology to know how to do it. It's just like saying, God, here I am. I, I just, I have got some stuff, Lord. I just need to, I just need some help. You know, it's just a dialogue with him. Yes, we want to say, Oh, Lord, we bless your name. We praise you, Father. We lift you up. We, we you know, like Jesus showed us in the prayer that he taught the disciples, we want to praise God and our, praise our Father. But it is a dialogue that we are allowed to come before him and have that relationship with him. One of the things we want to do is not just come before God with a checklist of things. God, I need you to do this, 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 and this. And then, okay, Amen. One of the things with prayer we want to do is listen to what he has to put on our hearts. We have a prayer meeting uh, during the month a couple of times and we sit first. We open in a a short prayer and just say, God, speak to us tonight about what you want us to pray for. And so we sit and just listen to what God's putting on our heart, what he's putting in our, our minds. Sometimes it's scripture. Sometimes he shows us a picture of something. Sometimes he gives us you know just a, a, a thought or a word and we we write down what we feel God is putting on our hearts uh, you know privately and then we share what God has been showing each of us and what's so cool about that time is guess what there's always this theme running through all of them even though we haven't been talking until we've we've listened first for like 25 minutes to what God is showing us and and what scripture it, it seems like it all comes together in a central thought and then we pray, according to what God has shown us to pray. And you can do that privately too. You don't have to come to the prayer meeting necessarily, although I would encourage you to if you'd like to. But on your own time, make sure you are spending time and saying, God, what do you have for me today? What are the things that are important to you for me to know today? And pray and ask him and and listen to what he puts on your heart. During our um, series that starts the the second week in January, it's called Transformed, and the theme this year is From Death to Life. And there's a weekly prayer time that's going to be a part of that. And I encourage you to come to, to as many of those as you can. There'll be three, three different weeks, three different prayer times. And, and come and, and be part of that group. Because during that time of, of the 21 days of prayer and fasting... That's a time that we want to really commit our year to the Lord. We want to come before him and pray together corporately and also individually at at home, at other times, really seeking what God's will is for us for that year. Because it sets a tone for the whole year. That law of sowing and reaping, when we sow into the things of the Lord at the beginning of the year, it sets that spiritual tone for the rest of the year where we're reaping his guidance and his uh, enabling for the rest of the year. Uh, It's a time of repentance. It's a time of seeking him. The early church, you know, was birthed in prayer. In Acts 2, they're in the upper room. They're praying God and seeking God and waiting for what God has for them. Uh, Jesus had told them to wait there for that special gift of the Holy Spirit. And they're praying, waiting for the power of God. And Prayer was indispensable as a part of what the early church did in spreading that gospel. And we see countless examples throughout the book of Acts of them getting together and praying, really seeking God so much so that sometimes it said that the, oh, the building actually shook. Now how cool is that? That kind of prayer, to, so earnestly, fervently seeking God that the very building would shake. Our focus this year should be on finding and following the will of God and seeking his heart. And the reason for that is this. You know, when you're driving a car and you look, you see something, maybe, maybe the last few days you've seen this. There's a car maybe slid off the road and you're looking, what happens? You start steering toward what you're looking at, right? You, your focus determines what you steer toward and that is the thing we need to focus on, the things of God, and steer in that direction and follow his heart. Don't focus on the spiritual battle. Don't focus on the things of the world, but focus on following Jesus. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on his kingdom and his righteousness, and we do that in a fair measure through our time of prayer. We need to live holy lives and pursue peace. John and Paula Sanford are uh, with Elijah House Ministries. It's a ministry they began. The headquarters for it are out in uh, Idaho. And it deals with healing and, and setting people free in the body of Christ. And he wrote a book called A Comprehensive Guide to Deliverance and Inner Healing. And in it he says, Our weapons, which include the sword of the Spirit, the love of God, The blood of Jesus, the shield of faith, and prayer and repentance are far more powerful than anything the enemy has. We can destroy every stronghold we encounter, for we battle not with our own strength, but with the weapons of God, eternal and invisible. So you and I cannot battle and win if we're fighting in the natural realm, in the natural human realm, We need to see it as a spiritual battle. And we don't retaliate against those strongholds. We don't focus on that, but we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and his power in us, the Holy Spirit in us, letting letting God deal with it through us. Graham Cook said, True spiritual warfare is not binding and loosing the enemy, but knowing the majesty and supremacy of God. And Jesus talked about this in Luke 10, verse 17 through 20. He sent out the disciples, 72 disciples in, and they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were focused on that. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that these spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. See, he told them that it's not about the Battle—it's about the fact that you are followers of Jesus Christ, that your names are written in heaven in the book of life, and that's what we need to be focusing on. We hide ourselves in Jesus Christ because the enemy tries to attack us for sure. But when we're securely in God, He has promised that nothing can snatch us out of uh, God's hand. John ten twenty nine. Jesus said, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So, as we close this series, I have one question for you. How is your armor? How are you wearing your armor? Is it it on you? Do you feel like when you look in the mirror of God's Word that you see that all these pieces of armor are lined up with what God's Word says? There's so much we can do when we are consciously wearing the armor of God daily. We need to ask God to clothe us in his armor each day, to prepare us for what we have that day, giving us the strength, the truth, and the righteousness that we need, to be equipped with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation, to have the empowering of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and then praying and receiving the direction from our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. God wants us to come to him in prayer. God wants us to take our needs to him each day and to come in there boldly because we've been given the permission and the authority to do so. So today, do you need to be released? Do I need to say, you are released to do that? God's word says you can boldly approach that throne of grace and feel free to pray and seek God with all your heart. We talked about Philippians 6 earlier that says, don't be anxious for anything, but in every situation by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And this is why, because in verse 7 it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, when we take that stuff to God, when we leave it there at the throne of God, when we boldly come in and say, God, these are my requests, these are my needs, this is the stuff I need you to intervene in, this is my day today," then God says we leave it with him, and, and it's an amazing thing. We can't understand it, but somehow by that process of prayer, he guards our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. What an awesome promise. So as we pray and seek God each day, we have his peace and his protection. God wants us in communication with him, in relationship with him. It connects our hearts together and it brings us close to him. Do you want more of what God has for you? Pick up that weapon of prayer, hey? (laughs) Lean in and hear each day what He has on His heart and boldly approach that throne and receive what He has for you. Receive mercy and find grace, whatever is your need. Well, I'd like us to end today with a special prayer. And Pastor Steve, if you could help me pass these out to people, we're going to stand together and we're going to read those together. As as part of the close of our Armor of God series, so uh, if everyone could get one of those, that'd be awesome. Thank you. This is what we're this is our personal prayer of putting on the armor of God. So let's say this together. I am ready to take my stand against the powers of darkness. Please help me to stand against the spiritual forces of evil that want to destroy me, my family, and the church. I buckle the belt of truth around my waist. Help me be a person of truth and reliability. Please give me the words to say when people ask why I follow Jesus. Help me tell about Jesus' death and resurrection and his promise of eternal life to those who believe in him. I take the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for giving me God's righteousness because I am not perfect. God graciously protects me with his own righteousness because I believe in Jesus Christ. I stand firmly on feet prepared with the gospel of peace. Help me to resist temptation and stay away from people, places, and situations that tempt me. Help me live in peace with my family and other believers as much as it depends on me. I lift up the shield of faith. Help me hold up the shield and stop the arrows of doubt, despair, and hopelessness that the enemy shoots at me. I place upon my head the helmet of salvation. Help me to know that no matter how tough life is, jesus has conquered sin and i live with the assurance that i will one day be with god in heaven i use the sword of the spirit the word of god thank you for giving me your word the good news of jesus christ help me to tell others about him i will stand guard against the powers of darkness i will resist temptations and guard myself from vulnerable positions I will pray persistently for my fellow believers. Lord God, we thank you that as we put on that armor, as we ask actually you to put it on us, your armor on us, Lord God, we thank you that we can be ready for whatever life brings our way. Thank you, Father, for the encouragement of knowing that as we trust you and follow you, as we take our request to you, Lord God, that you will grant us what we need. Thank you, Father, for your promises in your word and that we have that relationship with you through Jesus Christ. We ask all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.